Hello and welcome to the Village Halls podcast sponsored by Allied Westminster, the UK's largest specialist provider of Village Hall insurance and the home of Village Guard. Every now and then at the Village Halls podcast, we like to delve into some of the history and background of Britain's wonderful village church and community halls. And for today's episode, I'm joined by author, wandering nomad, an all-round interesting guy, Joseph Rogers, who is going to tell us about a particular kind of building, which in more recent times, and by that I mean over the last century or so, has quite often been adapted and transformed into a village hall. It may even be the case that your community building was once one of these. So first of all, hi, Joe. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah. Hi, Johnny. Thanks. Nice to be here. Brilliant. Okay, so let's not be any more mysterious here. We're, we're, we're talking about something called tithe barns. Now, explain to me, Joe, how you first came across a tithe barn and also kind of what you were doing with your life at the time. Yeah, so I mean, it's quite a, quite a nice story, really, in a way. Although at the time it wasn't so nice, I was between jobs and kind of wandering around the UK. At the time, I, I didn't know how to drive, so I was spending a lot of time using bus services and trains and my own two feet in kind of exploring what the what the UK landscape had to offer, really, just to try and refresh my my mind and try and figure out where exactly I was going next. So this was back in in two thousand and fourteen, and and um, I was based in Devon at the time, actually where I'm based now in Seaton. And I'd made my way up to uh, uh, Somerset, up to Wells and Glastonbury. I had a tent on my back and I'd spent some time camping in the county. And um, it was a really hot summer's day. In fact, about this time of year, sort of uh, June, July, summertime. And I walked from Wells to Glastonbury. And on the way, I wanted to stop by the village of Pilton. Now, a lot of people will know the village of Pilton because it's the village where the Glastonbury Festival takes place. It's where Worthy Farm is and where the Evis family live at uh, at Worthy Farm. So uh, I wanted to go and have a look because I've always been a big fan of the festival on TV and I'm very much a big music fan. So enjoyed all the all the coverage that you see on on the on the television. And um, when I got to the village, I saw all these signs saying Tithe Barn. And I, I, I'm a keen, keen history person. I like my history and I like to go and see churches and cathedrals and castles and those kinds of things. And I'd never heard of a tithe barn. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what that is. So <laughs> wandered through the village um, and got to this incredible building, which is, uh, it's, it's described as Pilton Tithe Barn. And we'll get on to yeah. what it actually is at some point, I'm sure. But it's, uh, it's referred to as Pilton Tithe Barn. And I was totally blown away by this building. It is monumental. And um, if you read a sort of 18th or 19th century guidebook like a, or a Victorian guidebook to you know the UK, a, a lot of people describe these tithe barns as cathedral-like. And that's exactly the feeling I got when I saw this barn at Pilton. Uh, it's huge. Yeah. And um, it was open to the public. The, the door was unlocked and there was a sign saying, you know, if you'd like to come in the barn, you're welcome to step in. And uh, again, I was just totally taken in by this building. It was cool. It was vast. It was just incredible to view inside because it wasn't like a barn. You know, you expect a barn to be kind of a ironclad modern building that's got tractors and combine harvesters in. And this was this exactly. phenomenal medieval uh, structure, you know, totally, totally not what you'd expect a barn to be. And um, yeah, I was totally, totally taken in by it. So after that week of kind of, ambling around and being a bit of a nomad as you as you described at the start of the uh, start of the show um I, w- I went back home and i did a bit of googling and i did a bit of you know research and looking up books and maps and that kind of thing 
and found out what these tithe barns really were or what what these medieval barns really were and um yeah that's kind of where it went from there really but this this particular barn in Pilton had a, had an amazing story i mean it was not only a medieval building from the 14th century built by Glastonbury Abbey but post dissolution of the monasteries and sort of more recent history it had been used in the second world war and it was um, struck by lightning in the 1960s it burnt down and michael evis had to run in and save his tractor because he was you know obviously a, a villager in the village back then and then in sort of more recent times in the 1990s the glastonbury festival actually helped fund the restoration of this barn which was basically totally ruined all the wood had burnt and the thatch had gone and all that kind of thing and and obviously the current state and certainly the state it was in in 2014 was of this highly restored local Somerset monument. So that that whole story of that barn was really interesting for me and I learned an awful lot. And I thought, I wonder if there are any more of these buildings in the UK that I could go and see. And I wonder if they all have such an encapsulating and amazing story behind them, both historically and in the present day. And so I went off and a few years later, I was traveling all around the country trying to find where these buildings were. And I, I guess it's fair to say that that tithe barn kind of changed your life a bit, didn't it, Joe? Because around about that time, it, that, that's kind of what kicked off where you are now, which is a, a fully-fledged author who's written about, well, quite a lot of things, including tithe barns as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was actually sometime later that I was then in a position where I could actually sort of propose the tithe barn subject as something to write about. I'd as you say, I'd written other things up until that point, but I cast my mind back to 2014 and just how amazed I was by this building, and also amazed by, um, you know, when I when I sort of sat down and really got into it and tried to find out as much as I could about other uh, medieval barns and other tithe barns in the country, how little had been done to try and generalize the subject for a for a kind of general audience a lot of the research that had been done on these buildings was very localized it was either about specific abbeys or monasteries in certain areas and therefore talking about the ownership of some of these barns that and, and, and why those establishments religious establishments built these barns or, or they were about a local area so they were talking about medieval barns in somerset or in devon or in gloucestershire no one had really certainly not recently, had kind of made a general overview of what these barns were and where they were across the whole of the UK. So yeah, I mean, it did, it did, you know, set me on a course really to, to start this project. And I'm very grateful that I was able to do it. Okay. Well, we, you, you've established that the, the word barn is probably not really <laughs> kind of correct, for, for certainly for the way that, that many of these uh, buildings appear. Uh, what about the other word, tithe? Joe, what's, what's that all about? Yeah. So it's probably good to just give a bit of a general overview as to what a tithe barn is. So if anyone's um, sort of got a Bible at home or certainly the Old Testament, they take a look at Deuteronomy. There's a passage from the Bible where um, God uh, gives a, a sort of instruction that um, people are to pay what's referred to as a tithe. And, and the way that that's described is it's a tenth of uh, a farmer's produce or harvest or annual yield. And, and in the Bible, it asks that um, people build a central focal point in a town where they can store these tithes and the tithes are an offering to God uh, or an offering to the church, an offering to, in, in later history, the rector or uh, an abbey or a monastery. So the tithe was this tax payment, basically a religious tax of one tenth of a farmer's produce. And uh, this central point in the town where everyone was asked to store their tithes was a barn because obviously that's what you store produce in. You store produce in a barn. So tithes barn tithe barn that's what a tithe barn is and um as i say it's very much a religious 
construct really it's something that that, that stems from from the religious history of britain and uh yeah it's it's something that sort of continued through time as kind of the basis in many ways for the tax system that we have today not not that there's much to relate in terms of the way it's paid obviously cash and bank accounts and that kind of thing but um certainly the idea of you know taking a percentage of your earnings or what you were farming at the time and giving that to an authority um you know there are some parallels that you can draw between the tithe system and the tax yeah. system we have today. And I, I guess that kind of explains why some of them are, well, many of them are so ornate and also built to last as well, because it's it's about wealth and power as well, isn't it? All, all of this, when you when you look back, um, the religious uh, establishment was, was very wealthy and very powerful. And I guess that was their way of expressing this as well at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, some of the detail that goes into particularly some of the stone tithe barns, um, like some of the ones in Somerset and the Cotswolds, um, you know, as much detail and attention goes into how they look and how they're built as much as it would for the abbeys or the cathedrals or the um, the churches um, that were built at the time. And you say about an expression of wealth, there were certain barns that were built purposely with the idea that they were an expression of wealth so that the local populace would understand who the authority was and where that yeah. you know where those tides were to be paid and and sort of what where, where that power came from really um so so yeah definitely expression of wealth is a term certainly that I use in the book about tithe barns because that's very much uh, the aim with which some of these barns were built roughly how many tithe barns are, are would you say are now used as community buildings Joe? oh that, that's a good question um in one form or another, possibly as many as half or two thirds, it depends what you define really as community use. If we're talking specifically about community halls and village halls, probably less so. But but of course, yeah. a lot of them are used for businesses. And of course, they're an integral part of the community. So you have some that are now converted into cafes and restaurants and wedding venues. But uh, as you've alluded to there, there are a number, dozens of tithe barns that because they were built quite often in the centre of villages and towns and were quite a communal point really for, for people. They presented themselves as quite good community halls and village halls. And so, you know, certainly, um, you know, I'd say probably as many as two dozen that I'm aware of, uh, tithe barns have been converted into village halls and community halls in the last so many hundred years. Um, but there, were, there, there, there may well be more um, that I'm not aware yeah. of, um, which is kind of exciting really. But in terms of the number that I've been to see, um, I mean, I've been to see over 120 medieval barns. A lot of those are either described as or were tithe barns, and there are some imposters out there, um, <laughs> which is which is quite interesting. Um, and yeah, some of those were village halls, are village halls, community halls. Some of them very important uh, community halls. You know, arguably the focal point of today's communities, let alone the communities of the past. So, yeah, they've become quite important buildings in the British landscape, which is, I think, a really important. Certainly, it was an important point I wanted to make in the book that like castles and railway stations and all these other fantastic buildings that we try and admire where we can and admire the history of, tide barns can very much fit into those as um, as a as a type of building that we should all really take time to appreciate where we can. Now, come on, it's probably like asking someone to name their favourite child, but which which of the tide barns that you visited, you know, really kind of stands out for you? Well... Yeah, that's that is a difficult question. I mean, the one at Pilton, obviously, you know, that has the story of being the first one I went to see, and of course, also has the slightly strange story in that it may not actually have ever been a tithe barn, even though it's all the signposts say tithe barn in the village. That right. uh, just just very briefly before I go on to the the, the, the sort of favourite one or five favourite one or one of the ones I have fond memories of, this whole tithe barn dubiousness thing is quite interesting because. Um, 
in the 19th century and into the 20th century, uh, authorities like the Ordnance Survey uh, were very keen um, to use the phrase tithe barn. And it became a little bit overused whenever someone saw an old barn of any reasonable age, sort of medieval or 16th, 17th, 18th century. They were keen to call it a tithe barn. But actually, what defines a tithe barn is whether or not it stored these tax payments, these tithe payments. So going back to the one at Pilton, which is probably my favourite my favourite barn. Um, there's no proof, actually, that it ever stored any tides for Glastonbury Abbey. And in fact, the produce that it stored within it was probably farmed from the from the Glastonbury Abbey grounds itself. So um, not produce that was paid as tides, but produce that the, the Abbey just farmed of, of, their, of, of their own accord or from their own land. So, um, yeah, I, I digress. But another one that's very close to that is the one at Drayton St. Leonard in Oxfordshire. Now, that's um, 15th century. It's got wooden cladding on the outside. It's quite different to some of the other medieval barns you see around the country, like the, the ones made of stone. It's thought to have been built by Dorchester Abbey, uh, Dorchester on Thames, not Dorchester in Dorset. And uh, the reason why I like that one so much is because I'm a big motorsports fan. And uh, the barn is currently used by the Aston Martin Heritage Trust to store a very nice collection of uh, very rare and old Aston Martin vehicles. So when I found out about that one, A, from a historical travel point of view, uh, but also then from a kind of motorsports and, and uh, you know motoring point of view, I thought, oh, I've, I've got to go and see this one. So I went there and you, you can go there as a member of the public. It is open on certain weekends. Um, it's not very much to get in it. I don't know what the price is now, but it was about five, or I think, when I paid to go in. And uh, yeah, you just get to spend the whole time, A, wandering around this fantastic, historic 15th century barn, but then also admiring these fantastic Aston Martin vehicles. And when I was there, they actually had the world's oldest Aston Martin um, as one of the exhibits, which for me was very exciting. So second to the Pilton barn, I'd say probably that one's one of my favourites. But it is very difficult because they, they're, they're all so amazing and they all have such a fantastic history. It's very difficult to pick your favourites, as you, as you said. I, I love what you are. I love it. Is there anything you're not interested in? You know, I know you've written a book about bridges as well. <laughs> <laughs> just, you mentioned the, the motorsport and everything there. I'm just wondering if there's, if there's anything that Joe doesn't find fascinating. You know? Oh, God. I've, I mean, I probably could pick something. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I used to, one phrase that I used to say quite quite a lot and I still say it to a certain extent is um I'd rather know ev- I'd rather know one thing about everything than everything about one thing um yeah. so I'd be quite happy to learn a little bit of this and a little bit of that about a wide range of subjects and really get an appreciation for all these things so that basically whenever you're out and about in the world there's always something interesting to look at uh rather than uh, sort of narrow down to to, to one subject I, I like to i like to appreciate as much as i can about the world so yeah there's loads of different things i'm i'm interested in bridges railways cars music everything really <laughs> yeah and, and you've written a book about tithe barns uh, so, so where can where can people get a hold of that if if you know if we've captured somebody's imagination out there and they want to find out a bit more about these buildings as well? Yeah, it's uh, it's available online. It's also available at a lot of um, independent books bookshops. I'd very much encourage anyone if they've got an independent bookshop in their town and village to um, pop in and and if they've got it, then fantastic. But if they haven't, I'm sure they could probably order it in. You can find the ISBN number online if you search Tithe Barnes. Um, but yeah, it's it's available 
pretty much wherever you get your books from, really. Some of the high street, you know, big major chains sell it. Um, but yeah, if you can get it from an independent book, bookshop or um, any museums or venues that might stock the book, I know there are a couple that have shown interest in stocking it, uh, Tithe Barn venues or museums, um, then I'd very much encourage uh, supporting those by buying it from them as well. And you've got a great Instagram feed as well, uh, which, I, which I should mention and that we'll provide a link to on the website because y- y- you've, you've taken various pictures of the various um, tithe bonds that you've that you've visited, and so people can really get a sense, a visual sense, of of, of the kind of buildings that we're we're talking about from that. Um, you've mentioned several are used as, as, as village halls and community halls and and so on, and that also you would like to know if there are more out there. So, what would you suggest if anyone's listening now and they're aware that their village hall is a tithe barn or has a has a past? you know, with the, with the tithe bonds, what, what should they do? Well, I mean, I, I'd love them to contact me, <laughs> to be yeah. quite frank. Um, and yeah, get in touch. You can get in touch, um, as you kindly said, on Instagram. I'm also quite big on Twitter. I like, I like to be, uh, I like to tweet a fair bit. Um, and yeah, the, the Instagram thing's good because uh, the, the visual is always very important with these buildings, yeah. I think, particularly the interiors. And I, I regret that actually my Instagram feed has more exterior shots than interior shots. I should probably post more of the interior shots, but um, maybe I'll do that in the future. But yeah, if there's anyone out there that um, uh, has a, uh, a tithe barn that that uh, in their village that's now a, a village or a community space, um, yeah, contact me, get in touch. There's a few that have done so already. Um, Dunster Tithe Barn in Somerset, they have events um, on throughout the year. They've just hosted a food and drink festival and they've got, a, I think, a Somerset uh, market day um, or an event similar to that coming up in a, in a few weeks. They also do um, antiques fairs as well and, um, and Christmas events. So, uh, and, and Dunster's quite close to my heart because I lived in Somerset for a, for a, for a little while. Brilliant. And as I say, we'll get some links on the website so that so that people can do that. And, and, and just thanks for telling me about Tithe Barnes. It's not something that I knew anything about until uh, until we came across each other, Joe. And next time I think I'm planning to go out for a walk somewhere. I've never been before. I'll, I may just try and look for a place with a Tithe Barn to have a look at. Yeah, that sounds good. There's the, it's estimated there's over 200 of them left in the UK, so I'm sure there'll be one you can find somewhere. Okay, yeah, not spoiled for choice. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, I guess that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about getting out and about and exploring and discovering things and, and realising just how much this wonderful country of ours has to offer, including great village halls and community buildings as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go and research it, go and learn more about the history. Um, There are still some out there that might be derelict or ruined or in danger of collapse. Certainly a couple of those that I came across, which is sort of quite sad, but also you then look at potentially what might come of them in the future. And who knows, maybe there are some out there today that are ruined that in the next 20, 30 years or maybe sooner become community centres and village halls for people. That would be really exciting, as has happened with many others over the last hundred years. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Joe. Thanks for coming on and telling me about about these these wonderful buildings. Um, and, and that's all for this week. Uh, don't forget about uh, our wonderful villagers photo competition. Maybe someone wants to submit a picture of a tithe barn. I don't know. But um, anyway, it could result in you winning a £1,000 for your village hall or £500 for yourself. And you can find out more about that on a special page on our website. Other than that, thanks as always to our headline sponsor and specialist insurance provider, Allied Westminster, for making our podcast possible and whose services you can discover more about at villageguard.com and also online booking system provider, Hallmaster, who also sponsor our podcast and can be discovered at hallmaster.co.uk. You've been listening to the Village Halls podcast. 
a unique listening community for Britain's village, church and community halls and anyone interested in the vital community services they provide. We'll be back again in two weeks' time with another episode. So if you haven't already, please visit thevillagehallspodcast.com to subscribe, sign up for updates, link through to our social media pages and to find out more. Until the next time, goodbye for now.